Hello everyone and welcome back to Reality Speaks, where our mission is to teach people about what is really going on in the world, <clears throat> what the Bible really says, and what we really should be doing as Christians in this modern day and age. Well, today we are getting back to our series talking about the fivefold ministry. And today we are going to be talking about teachers. And this is a podcast with a teaching focus. And all of your hosts, myself, my sister, Bethany Young, um, and her husband, my brother-in-law, Brother Texas Young, are all Sunday school teachers in the youth department and involved in teaching Bible studies. But all of us, at one point or another, have had one Sunday school teacher in common, and that is my mother, Sister Cheryl Orton. And she will be joining us today on the podcast talking about her role as a teacher. Uh, somewhat about ladies' ministries, somewhat about Bible studies, but primary focus is going to be about Sunday school teaching because that is, in our modern church, the most active role of a teacher. It's typically Bible studies and Sunday school teaching. The modern apostolic church has been heavily focused in teaching in a Sunday school format. Now, we touch on the other stuff, but primarily we talk about that because that is the most common one. But we have... My mom is an amazing Sunday school teacher, um, and she is going to share some of that burden, some warnings about burnout, um, some stuff about preparation, and just what it really means to be a teacher. Uh, what were the successes lie, where the failures lie, and everything in between. Also, this is the record for the longest podcast so far, and I probably should stop rambling on for your intro because uh, there's a lot of stuff to unpack in this episode. It is absolutely wonderful. Enjoyed recording it, and I believe great things are to come. Um, also, there's a little bit of chiming in from Pastor Orton, my dad, uh, talking about his experience in teaching as well. So, plenty of good stuff. So, please just listen on. You will be blessed. Yeah, okay. So, the recording that will go on is on now. So, <laughs> this is the one that's actually going to starting now. So, let's uh, get started then. Hello. Is everyone ready? Are we relaxed? No. Are you Are you ready to go? Chill. Chill. Hello, everyone. Hello. Is Daniel the number one on there? Because um, I, I see a one. Yeah, someone's watching, but Yay, you, you're going to be okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So, we are continuing our series. We are talking about the role of a teacher today. In our discussion of the fivefold ministry, which is uh, in Ephesians chapter 4, 
I'm going to read that to get us started. Ephesians 4, starting with verse number 11. Galatians and Ephesians chapter number 4 and verse number 11 says, He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by sleight of man and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie and wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into the, him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, fitly joined together and <laughs> compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working and the measure of every part make, maketh increase of the body unto edifying of itself in love. That's a lot of words, mm -hmm. but... Basically, it just means that we need the ministry because the ministry is what makes the church able to grow, to become mature, to become ready. And each of these things that's listed, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, are all necessary to making us who we are meant to be. I want my coffee closer. That spoon's going to be hot. What you talking about? That spoon ain't hot. It's good. It's a good spot. All right. <laughs> but anyway, as you notice, uh, we... Justin Gleason approved this. <laughs> what? Daddy's saying we're talking like Justin Gleason. You'll need oh. to check him out. <laughs> Spirit signal. I approve this. In every episode, you just have to hear this sound. Yeah, that's good. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> <laughs> that is good coffee right there. Yeah, Bethany. <laughs> So anyway, we have several Sunday school teachers in the midst of us. Uh, if you'll think about it, honestly, we try on this podcast to be in the role of teachers. So I figured that since we're all Sunday school teachers, and I also invited my mother, Sister Cheryl, to be with us Hi. today. <laughs> and she has more experience in Sunday school teaching than the rest of us. Except you know. for the one behind the table over there. Well... And my father decided to sit out because he's supposed to be on in a couple of weeks talking about a different role, I guess. Okay, so he's talking. I don't know if you can hear him on the recording that'll go up on the podcast or not, unless he just decides to speak up a little more. But we're going to be asking some questions like we did last week with our pastor that we had talked to us, uh, Brother Dustin Lee. If you've not listened to it, go check it out. It was pretty good. But mm -hmm. I'm going to kind of ask and get answers from each of you because these answers will be different for each person how did you get where you are today into the role that you now play <laughs> had <It's>, to. <laughs> you had to <laughs> okay so why don't we just uh we'll start with texas as this All will right. be the one with the least amount of years attached to yeah because <laughs> he has the least amount of years yeah. on this earth you're right. You're I'm the youngest. That's not. That's. There's nothing wrong with being the youngest. Yeah, and you are young. It means I got more Texas years to learn. Young. What's taking you guys so long to learn? That's true. <laughs> and you have a jump. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, question was, 
How did you get where you are today? As far as your role in ministry that you play, specifically in the teacher focus? Uh, well, number one probably be trust. Uh, specifically, the leaders above me, <coughs> my youth pastor, Brother Dakin, and my pastor, Brother Daniel, have trusted me to step into a position at, to, at points, teach a Sunday school class alone, but mainly to co-teach a Sunday school class, uh, and mainly that is because of trust. And, and also because, another thing, this it's not at all bragging in a way, I was just available when someone was needed. Simple as that. Trust and I was available. That is how it happened. So, how many years have you been doing this now? Teaching Sunday school? How many years have you been teaching Sunday school? I don't know. Probably like two. Probably two. We'll, we'll just say two. It may be more. It may be a little less, but it's not much less than two. It's not less. No, not it's less. probably not less. So, probably about two. But it come from trust and making myself available. Can you tell us about the, your first time? Your first time in the classroom not being a co-teacher not no not being a student <laughs> oh do you remember your first time i having think to do it that? was when i was teaching the teens and you'd done it I, a few times didn't i you? feel like i did and uh it was all right <laughs> i guess all i mean right. i wouldn't do you remember what you taught absolutely not probably i, I probably continued a book that yeah. sister cheryl was teaching us uh but that's about it. <laughs> I don't think it was anything. I don't, remember. I don't think I had any sudden realization of like, wow, I'm I'm doing it. It was just kind of like, all right, I'm gonna study this, teach it, and get class done early. We're gonna <laughs> we're going to we snack. We're gonna eat some snack. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so so Bethany, what's your story? Uh, the first time, just, I don't remember. You, you know, your process. Wow. Just, I was twelve. I don't remember. You were twelve years old. I do. Ian and them back behind the curtain. No, the first time when Jimmy was in my class, it was in that middle room in the. Yeah. And I don't oh my remember. In the storefront. You, do you remember I teaching remember in that like little room? Tidbits of it, but yeah. I don't really remember. The exact day. The exact day. I don't think I ever really taught anything. It was more like nursery stuff, but I mean, I'd tell him the story. I think. But. I remember you're gonna let me help with the class one time. <laughs> I bought and he was ten. I bought like one of those boxes uh-huh. <laughs> that had like the styrofoam like doves and stuff that you could uh-huh. put on paper. Yeah, remember those? Yeah, I remember those. Yeah, I bought that. My class. I remember the dolphin class. Destiny I don't remember. and Jimmy and Jenna. That was my class. Yeah, and I don't really remember it at all. I remember it now that you brought now, it back up. The first, my actual, I might remember the first time when I taught behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. I don't remember specifically, but it was still babies. So. In regards yeah. to anyone who doesn't know what behind the curtain means. <laughs> we divided the fellowship hall downstairs with a curtain because we had too many kids and we created a toddler class. Not enough space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not like some black market stuff. <laughs> it was all legal. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're not buying cell phones on the black market in foreign countries. No. <laughs> but <laughs> as of why I was used... Uh, I don't know. I think we all have a similar answer, including me. Okay, let's hear it. It's really the same as Texas, I guess. You trusted that I could do it, and I was really the only one available. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was 17 years old. Daniel's aunt was teaching the junior class at Star of Bethlehem way back when Brittany Winters was, Brittany Baldwin was about seven years old. And called Brittany Winters. Yeah, and <laughs> Kyle and Cassie and all them. And uh, she was going to Tennessee to see her daughter. 
and asked me to step in for her, and I did, and I never left. So, what was the moment? It took about a month or two before I realized I had a class now. Yeah, so when did you, (laughs) when did you realize that you were going to stick with it? I know you said about a month you realized (laughs) I have a class now, but you still have a class now, so that's a different church. That's a different situation. That's different people. What is it that made you realize, oh, you know what? I'm okay with this. And I'm going to keep doing this. Did, did, is there a moment that you fell in love with it? Is there a moment that you was like, this is what I feel called to do? Well, actually, probably several. Like, several. on and off. Yeah. Maybe the first time. The first time, well, it was probably around that month or two in when... I fell in love with it, and, like, I was spending my own money on buying prizes and all that kind of stuff, and the kids were loving me, and I was getting them to learn the books of the Bible. I remember when Brandon Winters first learned the books of the Bible, I was like, oh, my goodness, yay, they're really learning, and and I was falling in love with the class and just the... There's nothing like seeing a light bulb go off and seeing somebody really start to learn about Jesus and it's just wonderful and I there was a time that I remember when I was like well what am I supposed to be doing I'm a pastor's wife now this that and the other and and I got to the point for a while where I wasn't teaching and I, this is not good I remember going to uh, a youth rally at Star Bethlehem this youth kid or he wasn't a youth kid he was probably about eight or between eight and ten years old he was throwing rocks at me and cussing me and I realized he doesn't know who I am and that's because I'm not teaching Sunday school anymore and I needed to get back to teaching Sunday school and I don't think I will ever leave it now (laughs) so what about one of you other two you've got totally different ages of kids that you teach from the type of kids you're I know there's time you've you've taught every single age. Who has totally different ages? From what she's talking about, eight years old. I thought you met me in Texas. No. Yeah. I was no. like, okay. no. Well, you teach different age children. So I'm <laughs> Personally, for me, Sunday teaching Sunday school necessarily uh, has been something I've had to learn to love. Because it talks about doing all things like Becoming all things all. We're just, <laughs> yeah. just basically, you can glean different scriptures from the Bible talking about how you need to, when you do something for the kingdom of God, you need to put your all in it. Mm-hmm. And I've had to learn that over the years uh, because, you know, it's just been like, well, I've now, instead of just going to sleep Saturday night, I've got to get up, make sure the kids learn something on Sunday, mm-hmm. you know, when I was the one that was being taught. So I guess that's the kind of perspective for being young and then teaching kids not much younger than you. Yeah. Or the same age as Daniel you. Daniel has a story about that. Uh, Teaching kids that aren't much younger but, than you. But now I enjoy it because it's, it's more than just teaching high school. It's I like, like yeah, a, I was another thing to teaching to kind of, you know, <laughs> preach a little bit, but, you know, not really because it's not exactly the same, but... The, the difference between the anointed declaration and the anointed explanation, as <laughs> Brother Woodward puts it. <laughs> So what were you, you weren't asking Bethany that as far as how? Uh, um, how different is it when you're... Th- there's a different type of light bulb and different things you're teaching between 
an eight-year-old learning books of the Bible and a 15-year-old trying to process... Sitting there going... Um, <laughs> trying to process... <laughs> For me, um, I'm, going to, I'm going to actually use a name. Um, the most Careful. rewarding... Careful. No, it's a good it's, thing. It's, good it's thing. rewarding. <laughs> there are some stories you, they wouldn't want me to use names, so maybe some of them are Um Autumn King. Mm. I got to watch her go from the worst kid in my class to the best kid in my class. And I don't know if it was anything I did, but it was one of the most rewarding things that has ever come across in my teaching Sunday school. And uh I don't know. I don't know how many times I've actually seen lights go off. <laughs> they are few and far between. I feel like they're listening sometimes, but I don't know how many times I've actually seen lights go off. But even with that, I still feel a calling to it. As frustrated as I, as I get with them, and he says, many times as they've made me cry and want to go jump off a roof, I still want to do it. So that must mean that I'm supposed to. (laughs) I'll tell you, one of the most interesting things is when one of the first students I remember having is now my (laughs) co-teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so I remember teaching Texas when he was 11 years old. Hey, Jagan had to whoop me into shape. Yeah, right. (laughs) He was 15. I'm 15 years old and teaching you, so. Yeah. Um, A lot lot of my trouble, too, is I see myself in kids uh, that misbehave, you know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I may be up there and I may be like, you know, casually teaching a lesson, just talking and stuff, and I see a kid doing something I would have done at that age, and I'm like, oh man, what am I going to do to change his mind to be like my mind? So and you got to think, what was it that changed my mind? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, and I it was don't a bad always kid work. Too. I mean, Kay Hopper, no. that was the thing that was she remembered most kid? about me was, no. Yeah. I don't think I ever was. I, I was, was, you were I was pretty rough in Sunday school. No, but it, I was competitive. <laughs> And you always lost. I always liked and you got mad when you always lost. lost. I did not always lose. <laughs> the house was rigged. <laughs> I you, always thought everybody should have a chance to answer questions. And question. you would never call on Bethany. She and said I that. Still, I remember her fighting with you in Sunday school class. Oh, I do too. And I still won. <laughs> yeah. Hardly. Okay. Because so. she let me hardly win. <laughs> if she had picked me every time I raised my hand first, I would have smoked all of you. Yeah, but that would have been unfair. Yeah, right. an unfair advantage. So we kind of... That's what they said, but it's not true. <laughs> so let, let me put one more question in here before I start trying to dive a little bit deeper into some of this. Um, what's the difference? Because I think everyone here has experience with it. I know you have for sure through ladies' ministry. What? You're talking a lot about Sunday school class. What about teaching adults? What experience, tell me the difference in teaching adults. Well, it's according to what kind of atmosphere you're in. I'm guessing ladies. It can be, it There's can be similar. Meeting. Yeah. There's, I know someone like Texas and I have done the adult upstairs. Well, that's school. completely different. Yes. I'm just, and yeah. some, sometimes people just decide, oh, I'm going to preach anyway when they're doing adult Sunday but school class. <laughs> handling the hyphen and then handling the adult class. For me, it feels like there's really a whole lot that's not very different in that. Go for it. What do you mean? Well, I mean, 
how can teaching Jimmy by himself be no different than teaching the whole adult Sunday school class? Well, I guess I wasn't necessarily Interaction. talking. Just how you, yeah. You when do, you're in the no, format of a not sit, different. when you're in the format of there a there is sit, no interaction upstairs. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you were agreeing with it. Okay. That's one of the bigger differences is interaction. Some people do allow for interaction when they're doing the adults uh, out in the sanctuary. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. They, they say, okay, we'll allow for questions here and there. But some people don't. It's just, that's a matter of personality and teaching style mm-hmm. sometimes. As far as like with the ladies, to me, I like it better when there's interaction because I know that they're actually getting something out of it. Because so many times if you're just sitting talking to somebody, they can completely have you turned off and not really be hearing anything you say. I ask tons of questions. Okay, so now how's the difference? Uh, one more here. When you're not in, you're not in a church setting. You've done some Bible studies. Mm-hmm. So how's the difference? Well, what there? we do at Chastity's <laughs> is we get you're way Wednesday. off topic and we talk about our topic. And one thing that I have figured out from that small group, I think a lot of it is just about the connection, the importance of reaching people. Yeah, you're trying to teach as well but it's important that you have a hands-on experience and it's about the love that they feel anyone else got anything to say on the idea of home bible study or small group settings tell us about philip well i mean i I, when you when you're in someone's home you don't want to i guess separate yourself from them as far as like mm-hmm. just looking at it from a solely like I'm the teacher you're here to hear my lesson I'm going to teach and then we're going to leave you've got to have a level of interaction where they can interject and ask questions as as you go and still be able to have a way to incorporate what notes mm-hmm. you have I mean because uh when me and me and Pastor we went to uh, Philip's house, who's a co-worker of ours, and we did that Bible study. Uh, I had a few notes of which I wanted to continue to kind of play off of as we talked, but most of it was just, "Hey, here's our testimony. Here's baptism. Here's the Holy Ghost. You need it." And, and he got baptized. And then he talked to us about it mm-hmm. and his testimony, and then. You just, it's, just, it's a different kind of connection because the what I was talking about earlier is maybe I, when I was talking about uh, the hyphen in the Sunday school is I wasn't saying like there's no difference in how you would talk to the people how you mm-hmm. talk to a younger a young younger <clears throat> adult and then an actual adult I was talking about how I, uh, it's in the same setting where you're you're the teacher and they're listening so you're responsible for making sure they understand everything you're saying mm-hmm and and usually there's not a lot of questions involved, but in a home Bible study, it's different. You've got to make sure you open enough room for questions. If that makes sense. Mm, yeah. So you were saying as far as like the maturity level and the intellect level. That's what I'm saying. Okay, I got you. I, I treat them the same like maturity as I would because an adult. they are adult. Yeah, because yeah. it's hyphen. Now, yeah. if, it, if, it was, if I sub for Bethany's class or I sub for your class, Obviously, it would be completely. It would be different. way different. Yeah, moving yeah. from the seventeen-year-old to, to the, the 
even the 12 year old because if it's just Jimmy me and him could goof off for a whole hour but so, I hope you do the lesson. But we do the lesson, <laughs> and I treat him like an adult throughout the lesson. Yeah. So we can get the lesson over with and done, and I can make sure he's learned something. And that's how I like to teach this. Well, I right. like them to enjoy it and enjoy well. it, mm-hmm. and I like to get to the lesson and feel like I've actually. I mean, you said the you, teach. Oh, uh, you were talking about in your small group, kind of goofing. Oh off, yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. Not yeah. always goofing off. It's just well, it's whatever just, the mood is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean. I've, well, and honestly, there's. I another. mean, in my Bible study that I was doing last Wednesday, we spent a chunk of it talking about, oh, here's all here's all the pets in our house, and because <laughs> there's got to be some, some base here's level some, connection. Yes, here's here's our here's our kitty cats. Here's here's a turtle. Here's a hermit crab. <laughs> Let me ask you this: Do you guys remember when Karen Gates used to come over for Bible study? I I, Bethany, I, I remember, remember being I in the kitchen, do, so for most but, of that time. Not well. Yeah. She did, She enjoyed talking to y'all and bringing y'all stuff and stuff like that. And then we would go in the the living room and have Bible study. I mean, that it was more of a format than what our small group is. But it was it was my first experience with it. And I, I really enjoyed it. I think this is... I don't know. Some member just texted me and said, I see you. Oh, it's, it's Nicole. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right, we got a text. Someone, someone sees us. And I was like, I forgot we were on live, and I was like, <laughs> no, no, no one's in, no one's in the house. They're watching us. I was trying to find the verse, but I heard it today in a sermon on uh, the Anchor Podcast. Talked about how Paul, I believe, said he became all men, became many, like became many men to all things, be able to, to all yeah. men that he might by all means gain some. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what that that's the well. base level connection you need to have when you're in a Bible study set Bible yes. study setting because you're in someone's home you can't make yourself a stranger in their home. No, you've got to be like like when I when when I was doing the Bible study with uh, Brother Ronnie and Brother Zach. Mm-hmm. You know, many times what we connected about was fishing. Yeah. One time, I brought my weed eater and they helped me change my weed eater line. Mm-hmm. And then we taught the lesson and then we talked for a little yeah. after. And then I let. That's how it usually went. Brother about Blake friendship. was Brother Blake mm-hmm. was just talking about it uh, when we were at the restaurant after Youth Week. He said, "Yeah, a lot of times I'll just pick them up. Hey, let's go to let's go to McDonald's. Let's go to let's go get some coffee or something like that. We'll we'll go there." And he said that they would go there. He'll do a little fifteen minutes on such and such, and then they'd play Call of Duty for forty five on their mm-hmm. phones. So, yep. Yeah. So it's about connection. It's, uh, that's one of the big things. So. Uh, I mentioned it, brother. Brother Woodward puts it this way when he's talking about the difference in teaching and preaching. He says, "Preaching is the anointed declaration of the word, and teaching is the anointed explanation of the word." Mm-hmm. How would you put it in your words? What the difference is, uh, or what teaching is to you? How would you define it? What What is the difference in ministry teaching and? Or, or is there a difference in ministry teaching or teaching? You mean uh, preaching and teaching. The the difference in teaching and preaching, yes, but also the difference in teaching as a ministry versus teaching as a college professor. Or... Oh, okay. Well, honestly, I think uh, that a college professor needs to have a calling as well. I have seen teachers yeah. who have no calling and they have no business doing it. 
Teaching is imparting knowledge. Yeah. Uh, I feel, what, what I kind of thought about today, mostly for this like thing, I know we were going to be talking about teachers, and I thought about impactful teachers on my life, mm-hmm. mainly in school, and I began mm-hmm. to think of you, uh, like Mr. McMain, he was like my seventh and eighth grade teacher. I wasn't held back, he just moved mm-hmm. up with us because he liked us so much. He <laughs> was so connected <laughs> yeah. to our grade. He was so connected with our grade, our, all our seventh grade teachers moved up to our eighth grade, grade class because they liked us so much. <laughs> that's and, awesome. And that, so that was one thing that they got right as teachers was they had not just a, a educational connection where they could teach us stuff mm-hmm. and actually get it through our heads, but at the same time, we were able to talk to them after class. You know, we played Monopoly a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. And as a teacher, you've got to be memorable. Yeah, you, you just and that can't, comes from love. Yeah, you just can't mm-hmm. go into class and teach. You've got to be memorable. You've got to actually want to teach the kids something mm-hmm. to be effective. Yeah, and if that goes whether it is a kid or a sixty-year-old. Yeah, mm-hmm. you've got to want to. You've got to want to actually have a calling to the people. It is important. So, but importing care before yeah. that they care before. what you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. But so, uh, do you have anything to add on that? You've not, you didn't say much anything. So I just, do you have well, anything to add? I don't feel like we really answered your question. That's why I was like, yeah, I feel like there's a lot more to that. So uh, do we have anything more to add to that? <laughs> uh, I think quite a bit. Cause I don't think, but I agree with what you said, but it didn't answer the question. Yeah. Uh, the question: What's the difference between teaching in like a school setting and in Church. School setting in church or preaching and teaching, as some people like um, to make the distinction. Yeah. <laughs> Those I mean, are really two questions. Obviously, obviously, the difference is one is spiritual and one isn't. But other than that, I don't know how much difference there really is because they're teaching both teaching you valuable things that you need to Which use in your life. And yeah. yeah, at first I thought it didn't really answer the question, but I guess it did. But it, I just kind of expounded it in like a different way. So, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, I mean, you mentioned impactful high school teachers. But there... see, and this, I was thinking about when she was talking, I don't think I've ever had a teacher, and I've only, I didn't go to public school, I just went to college. I don't think I ever had a teacher. I had teachers I didn't like, but I don't think I ever had a teacher, well, just one, but anyway. <laughs> I don't think I ever really had a teacher that I felt like didn't want to do it or mm-hmm. didn't think they were called to do it. Like, and I'm talking about in college, not. Or I haven't also. I only had one Sunday school teacher my whole life. I think. I mean, no, you, you, Belinda. I don't really remember that. And oh, then there's. I remember loving well, her, but I don't remember her. And, mm-hmm. In our times, in our times, going to Star on Wednesday nights. Saint Saint Rita. Rita. I had Sister Free, Saint Rita, and you. Mm-hmm. I've had some pretty rough teachers, but. And what I was gonna I've say. Mostly one seen. One second. What I was gonna say is probably gonna go with what, with yeah. what you were gonna say. That's why I want to say it. Yeah. Uh, I think the difference in the reason I never really had a teacher that I didn't feel like wasn't called to it is because I never went to public school. And a lot of times I feel like people in public school uh, do that just because it doesn't take as long to do as other things. Yeah. Well, most people if they're going to make it to the college level have some sort of drive to I've, them. Yeah. I've had some pretty rough teachers. 
But almost every homeroom teacher I've had, no matter how rough on the edges they may be or or whatever get whatever you want to say, but they all at some point had that moment where it was like sparking for them where they it looked and seemed like they were doing what they enjoyed, but it wasn't necessarily all the time. But no offense. I've had I've had substitute teachers come in that did not care Oh, about anyone not. in the classroom. That's because substitute <laughs> teachers, they don't need they don't need a four-year degree or anything. Well, no, no, no. Just, and also, they and don't also have time to build a relationship with those people. They walk in there and they're so like... I have had substitute teachers that... Yeah. that I don't know. They I walk in there and like... Just your attitude. Okay, it's been all day. I'm not sure I know your name. Um, <laughs> David Garrett made a good comment. Uh, difference between some school teacher and a Bible... A school teacher and a Bible study. He said, a school teacher is sharing knowledge... A Bible study uh, teacher is sharing a treasure. Wisdom, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I well, agree with that. I believe, that, I believe yeah. that a good school that, teacher but I also, will also pass on treasure. There are some teachers. Yeah. Knowledge is treasure. There are some teachers that yeah. um, I had to name, especially my music mm-hmm. teachers, like Miss Francis and Miss mm-hmm. Patty. That they imparted way more than just knowledge to me. Oh my goodness! And yeah. not even just them either, but uh, Miss Brooke Archella, she imparted more than just knowledge. She was an English teacher, and I feel like also my math one hundred and fifty teacher, and that I feel, and so many people hated her because she was a hard teacher. But um, I didn't hate her because I saw more than just that the class was hard, and I saw that even though. The subject was awful. She loved it. And it taught me that if she could understand it and she could love it. And then I also saw how much she wanted me to get it. Mm-hmm. And just, if you if you are called to what you're doing, mm-hmm. it's going to make it. I've been watching. So, so what's your uh, take on this? What's my take on what? Now, I do agree with what Brother David said. It is yeah. true. But. Yeah. Well, I mean, he the Hebrew definition of it. But is wisdom, and that is. Did I interrupt you? No. Okay. I was the Hebrew you definition of it is wisdom, and that's heart knowledge, and that's the difference in the heart knowledge and just head knowledge. I that's where I'd say that's where he's coming from on that. Yeah, that, that's yeah. true. Yeah. The purpose of yeah. a, of a teacher that teaches you school mm-hmm. is just knowledge and information, and maybe mm-hmm. information preparing you for knowledge, life. but. Mm-hmm. A good teacher, whether in school or church, will give you more than information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is true. And Sunday mm-hmm. school, in all honesty, if you have someone who's just teaching you words, it can be the same thing. That's right. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, uh, there, there's something interesting about that. As I, I took some education classes because I was planning on being a teacher at one point. And one of the things things they talk about is there's a lot of different philosophies of education and that one of the one of the oldest is the belief in rote memory which mm-hmm. is i can say this word for word, word. Yeah. i knowing your times tables mm-hmm. uh learning learning a list of spelling words but not necessarily knowing what on earth what I you're mean, saying it mm-hmm. means and that is what a lot of so what's what's the difference in if you only learn to say your books of the Bible and to mm-hmm. quote Acts two thirty eight and there's no difference in oh A B C D E F G H I J K L M N O P Q R S T U V W X Y Z and 
not knowing how to spell a word mm-hmm. and knowing then Peter said unto them, repent, be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the mission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and not what knowing means. what that means. There's no difference in knowing your alphabet and not knowing how to spell a word and knowing Acts 2.38 but not knowing how to share the gospel. Well, that's kind of like what I've, I've read it in a lot of front of the Sunday school books. There's what and then there's what now. So yeah. what we learn the what, but then we have to learn why is this happening and what do we do about it. I feel like basically this can be summed up to say <clears throat> the whole difference is on the, the weight or the value of what you're teaching because mm-hmm. you 100% need education. That is 100%. You 100% should go forward as long as it's okay to pastor your pastor and stuff and pursue a college education within you know guidelines of your upper ministry. And that is 100% incredibly important. But then you should also know that when it all boils down to it, knowledge of eternity, knowledge of the Holy Ghost, knowledge of the Bible, 100% trumps Mm-hmm. basic education so that's the weight of it when a teacher is just teaching school curriculum knowledge college curriculum knowledge you know there's not so much of a burden lying in their words because mm-hmm. you can say something wrong and that kid's just going to know that 2 plus 2 equals 5 and that's wrong he can get <laughs> taught that his whole life but when you tell someone you teach someone, someone something wrong regarding salvation something that's eternal that can put them in hell or heaven there's a lot more weight to those right. words. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's probably the difference in being a basic, regular, everyday teacher and then a teacher of the gospel. Because if you mess up the gospel part, you can send someone to hell. Absolutely. Yeah. You will. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, like, if you're, if you are teaching, uh, if you're teaching surgical residents, you're costing some lives if you mess up. If you're teaching, if you're teaching a Sunday school class, you're messing up not only their eternities, you might mess up their children's eternities if you mess that up. I mean, because people are sensitive. Absolutely. If you, I mean, if you go and you're teaching something you maybe not quite understand and you, you know, don't seek knowledge for understanding something about the Bible before you teach it, you could inevitably put put someone in major, major crisis. Detrimental, yeah. So... So I, I think we've thoroughly covered uh, beyond just what's your definition of a teacher, but to how is teaching important, which was my next question. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's get to some things that are a little more practical here. What does your typical week look like in your life in regards to this uh, teaching role? I can tell you what it should look like as compared to how it looks. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now let's put this here. I know nobody's perfect, but I also know that you have more than one thing that you do in regards to this. I yeah. know that, for example, music teaching along with you have music education that you do to, for people as well as uh, Sunday school. Mm-hmm. Um. We have a couple of Bible studies that get taught here along with that. So there's plenty to cover in there to some degree. <laughs> so you're, you're asking how we prepare? Not or? just how we prepare. Let's just say how does your week look? Because when I asked this to our pastor, he, 
he talked the pastor that we interviewed, Brother Dustin, he was talking about he said, Well, on Monday through Friday we got work and then he's and then okay. Saturday I spend all day on a lawnmower. <laughs> Which so, is true. That's just life. Yeah, it is, yeah. There's the life versus ministry balance and it's gonna be different for a pastor than it is for a teacher. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you want me to kinda of do what he did? Sure. Okay. Well. I get up about four forty five every morning, read and pray, get ready, go to work. On Mondays I usually come home and crash. But not tonight. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And on uh Tuesdays I'm starting to prepare for my Wednesday Bible study that I've been doing with Chastity. We have church on Thursdays, Friday. I'm off every other Friday, work, you know, whatever. But then Saturday we're preparing for uh, Sunday school. And last week, not this last week, but the week before, we started our ladies' uh cultivate small group so that's i guess three things that i'm teaching now so yeah so uh we got anything so i mean my day opens basically the same really i get up about four forty-five. i do and uh pray read you don't have to uh take care of you know my salvation in the morning um just typical work day, eight hours, come home. Usually we'll eat dinner because I'm blessed to have a beautiful wife that prepares a table. Uh, and I have a beautiful husband that, that cooks for me as well. well my wife prepares the table for, for me when I come home. And uh, usually eat dinner. And by the time I'm done eating, I'm usually saying, I think I'm going to go take a nap, Bethany. <laughs> we got that in common yeah. <laughs> and that's basically my typical uh, weekday. Um, you know, if I'm teaching, I like to kind of start thinking about it, usually at the beginning of the week, but I don't usually put anything down unless I'm just, probably I guess a, maybe a inspirational a moment fault in me is I don't typically collect my thoughts until two or three days before I'm actually gonna do whatever it is that week I may be whatever role that week I may be feeling like usually for being a co-teacher necessarily I don't have to have any certain uh you know like things wrote out or things studied but I do like to put in prayer for our Sunday school class and uh you know and if I was preaching obviously I would be putting in prayer and study time for that but uh you know i I work, and I go to church, and I make sure to take care of stuff at home. I, I guess that's as simple as it. It's nothing crazy. <laughs> yeah, nothing. Uh, no, no, fifteen different. Yeah, absolutely. responsibilities going at once. I do not work, <laughs> so my alarm is set for seven thirty. I don't usually get up at seven thirty. It's usually more like eight, eight fifteen. <laughs> Sometimes Cheyenne, my dog, wakes up at 6. I get up at 6. <laughs> or 3. It's always 6.07. It was, it's 3.07. It's either 3.07, 6.07, or 9-something that she wakes up. <laughs> okay. I don't know. But anyway, I either wake up either about 8.15 or 6.07. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, and uh, I get up. I usually, unless it's hot, I don't care if it's cold, but if it's hot, unless it's hot, I go sit out on my deck and I read the Bible and pray out there. Um, usually get done with that about 9.30 or 10. Then I come in and cook myself some breakfast, take a shower and get ready, and I clean the house until Texas gets home. And then that's my week pretty much. What about your Sunday school class? That's my right. Sunday school class, I am like Texas. I'm not really good about preparing until couple days before. I've actually been doing a lot better about that here lately. I've been, um, since I started teaching from a Sunday school book again, I was teaching from just a book before. I started teaching from a Sunday school book again, and it's like kind of ignited a passion in me that I haven't had in a while. And so I've been doing a lot better about preparing for my lessons and stuff here lately. Maybe we should talk about burnout. Yeah, so uh, actually, I've got um, an interesting thing. But I'll let up something out. Mm. So I also, I teach one piano lesson on Monday, so my Mondays are just a little bit different. But other than that, I know you were teaching too. Well, there's there one on Thursday. church on Thursday, so it okay. yeah. doesn't really. Yeah. You so, also clean the church, you should mention that. Well, yeah, and I clean your house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm also but, there. When the church is being cleaned. <laughs> <laughs> You're helping clean, right? Yeah, I do the basement. Okay. Okay, like so... How is... <laughs> sure. Absolutely. <laughs> how has your role changed over the years? And also, you can maybe touch on some burnout in that question with how has the roles that you've played changed over the years? Because I think, except for Texas, all everyone here has taught different classes... I'm old. Yeah. <laughs> <He> said, <laughs> okay. Yeah. You, 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 yeah. You, you are the one with the most experience here. So She's seasoned, we should say. Seasoned. <laughs> That's. I was not meaning that the way that it came out. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was not meaning that the way that it came out. She's <laughs> oh, your mom. It's How have your roles changed over the years since <laughs> since year one? I'll let, I'll let you guys. I don't know first. that I can honestly. Well, you don't really trace that path. Teaching. Well, I mean, it's been. I mean, I know it's been a lot. It's been a lot for me. As far as he's talking about what different things we've taught, different ages you've taught, and different uh, ways. I think a better way to. Answer the question would be more like, how has your understanding of it changed? Yeah, that that could work. And I've had my understanding changed. Yeah, I'm sure you have. Yeah. Uh, Oh my goodness. Well, I kind of talked about it. It was um, I started out teaching the junior class when I was 17 years old. That's nine to 12. And then uh, I started helping Daniel teach the teen class, and. That was, and then when you were born, I started helping Mama teach the nursery class. And then it seemed for a while that the teachers kept leaving and I kept chasing you. <laughs> and I was the one running them off. Yeah, maybe. Even <laughs> when you were five. Okay. But anyway, so, and then we took uh, the church at Harvest House and things were very different there. It started out with just these two. 
And then at one point in that tiny little room on Gum Street, I think we had 20 kids in there. And that's how Bethany started teaching the little bitty ones because I had kids climbing a pole trying to be a monkey. Remember that? And <laughs> and then we moved and we started splitting classes and it seemed like I was always teaching the oldest class. Then Jacob became the youth pastor. And so he took the teens and I started going down to the whoever needed a teacher. And that's probably during that time I ended up not teaching anybody for a while. And then now I'm teaching... You you have twelve to 15. twelve to fifteen, and then they have the fifteen to whenever 16. somebody decides they're too old to be down there. We call it the hyphen class, and I've got everybody else. And, and then of course also, in there there's some ladies ministry leading, and there's small groups, VBSs, and, and VBS, and, yeah, and yeah, yeah, just kind of whatever needs to be done. That's I told somebody at work the other day. I guess it's actually been a while now. And that's kind of how my whole life has been. I was, I'm a donor recruiter working blood bank. And I t- registered somebody on the computer, went and done their vitals, then I went and stuck them and sent them home. They said, oh, you just do it all. I said, yeah, what I've learned is see a need, feel a need. That's the way we do everything. Yeah. So. And when you're doing see a need, feel a need, that's where burnout burnout comes sometimes too. Yeah. <laughs> Because one of the most important things to realize is that we don't necessarily have to do everything. you got to figure out what needs done versus what people want done. Yeah, prioritize. That is a big one there. Yes. There is a difference in what people want done and what people need done. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a difference in what we want done and what needs to be done. Exactly. Yeah, sure. Yep. Um, so, Bethany, hmm. he was asking, what, how have your roles changed or how has your understanding changed? Do we have a question? Uh, yeah, but we can get on it later. Okay. Um, okay. Um, let me think. I really, all of my teaching when I taught the little bitty ones, it's like blurred because I wasn't really that old. I know it wasn't really that long ago. But I told Texas the other day that before we got married, oh, it just feels like a blur. <laughs> We've only been married a year and like 10 months, but I'm dead serious. I really, and, it all runs together. And then <laughs> for about 10 you of those. You don't know how old you were here. Yeah, and then for yeah. about eight of those months, um, there's also been like lockdowns and. <laughs> yeah, but those aren't blur. <laughs> I remember that perfectly fine. Um. But no, when the first time I started teaching the older kids is when I really felt like I was really supposed to mm-hmm. teach. You felt a call to it. Yeah, because I feel like I had always felt a call to, at that point in time, kids my age. And I thought maybe, when I was around 18, I was thinking, maybe um, I just feel a call to ministry, and I just think that I feel a call to them because they're my age, but... I know that's not it anymore because I still feel a call to them and I'm older. Mm-hmm. But um, I went through a season just after some traumatic stuff happened where I thought maybe I wasn't supposed to teach. And I quit and mm-hmm. went back to um, the, was it the teen class? I was yeah, 17. I forgot about I don't think that. we had hyphen yet. Mm-hmm. So I went to the teen class. 
And then after I was in the teen class, probably a little less than a year, I was like, no, I don't want to teach. So I went back to teaching. I had forgot about that. And, um, I don't know, I just, I've never really felt any sort of call to any age other than what I'm teaching now. I have felt jealous of the people who are called to a different age than me, but I've never actually felt called to a different age than what I uh, teach now. That's interesting because I guess I've just kind of been all over the place, so you feel like that one... Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Teenagers. Yeah. And like actual like teenagers, the ones that are just now getting into their teens and like up to you used to say 11 maybe the, the 16, middle school well, i count that as the, just yeah so the middle mi- school to like beginning of high school is what i feel called to because you know how and hard I know, that was yeah for you. i know how yeah. hard of an age that is and the reason those kids are so hard to deal with is because that age is just really hard mm-hmm. there's and a reason inside help. out picked 11 yeah and they just they just need help <laughs> um and <laughs> i guess what the question was how has your understanding how has your understanding slash your role period changed? So you're saying your role has not really changed other than I think that my understanding has changed in that before maybe I didn't understand how important it was to be a light to them. Mm-hmm. And the older I get the more I understand it. Yeah. That's because you're just twenty two. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Not yeah. old. I was their age no. not that long ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's. Uh, uh, I I actually had someone asking me, um, just recently, because they was asking me how old someone was. I said, well, they was asking me how old, but Jimmy was asking me how old Brother Blake was. I was like, well, I know he's under thirty five because you can't be sectional youth leader anymore after thirty five. So, mm-hmm. um, he's like, why, why, why do you? He's like, why, why? Why do you? Why are you not allowed to be in uh, youth position. ministry at thirty five? After because 35? everybody's gonna start saying you're old. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, he was doing that to Brother Blake. Sunday. Yeah. yeah. So, Brother Blake's only like 30, 31. Yeah. <laughs> I think he said he's thirty, but yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about this idea that it is it that important? So what? What's the difference in someone? Being able to be in Sunday school until they're 80. dead versus well, part of it is because someone they have youth the ministry has to them. be. What's the question? So why is it that someone can be a Sunday school teacher until they're dead, but okay. youth pastors have to have to leave after they're out of their thirties? Well, I think you part know, of the energy I know, relating. To I know. I really think, but but an eighty-year-old can teach a teen class, though. I think the difference is that youth pastors are supposed to put all of their energy and time into the yeah, youth. That's true. And Sunday school teachers are there to lead them, but they're not supposed to be the one. I mean, they can be, but they're not supposed to be the one that the youth calls at 3 o'clock in the morning when they're in a bad situation. And you can't handle that when you're like 80 years old. Uh, if, it, if the need be, and someone not younger... Is there? But a but, pastor can be an eighty-year-old man well, getting through calls at three. I would say this though, like Rita, <laughs> she was a teen teacher when she was like in her fifties. I know. Yeah, but yeah. that's not the same thing. But my no, point is, pastor. she would take the phone calls. I guarantee. you Oh, she I know. Would. Any yeah. of any good teacher would take the phone call. Yeah. But my answer to the question that he asked is that energy. What you said energy, is yeah. that youth pastors 
need more energy than Sunday school teachers do. That is true. Because yeah. a Sunday, your student may call you at 3 o'clock in the morning if you're a Sunday school teacher, but they're more likely to call their youth pastor. Yes. That's yeah. what to spend saying. hours at Walmart exactly. on the telephone. Yeah. You, you can handle that with 80. <laughs> it's... I can remember standing, flipping through posters while Daniel was on the phone with this guy at Walmart. It was it, awful. It also... <laughs> Uh, it, it could a little more of like the the deep, deeper spiritual side of it is there's different burdens that come from different callings, and I I do think a very key word there is um, I not heard that some, anyone is lesser. I heard someone put I heard someone put it this way recently. If you have pastor at the end of your name at the end of your role, you need to you need to be thinking of things a little bit differently. Yeah. Uh, have you heard of Josh McDowell? Probably not because you're not very old. I, no, I have not. He was an old guy yes. who was a youth pastor all of his life. Yeah, and, and so uh, I, I, I mean, I know it doesn't happen in the UPCI, but I think it does happen. I think it probably does happen, just not on a it district still level. Happens. It happens in the UPCI, just not yeah, just yeah not, not on the district. Yeah. Not, not, not as a district yeah. official, yeah. but yeah, it's where your calling is. Yeah, it's just yeah. a, it's just a deeper. A deeper burden. Uh, no, 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 not deeper burden. But it's just different. Different. Different, different types different. of burdens. Not, any, not that anyone is greater or less greater. Absolutely. The less greater. <laughs> so, uh, we talked a little bit about roles and perspective. How has your role and perspective changed since March? Well, mine has greatly deepened and I'm doing way better than I was. <laughs> I woke up. <laughs> I think he's talking and relating to your. And not just in function. I'm just talking about yeah. not just in function, but in perspective as well. Uh, but yeah. So well, since since this mess started in March, I, I guess how it was for me. Uh, you know, we had we had more kids at the beginning. Yeah, uh, that's sad. I mean, not exactly. I, I I'm not saying like. A drastic amount change, but I had a drastic now, amount change. Now it's for, but for us, I feel like it's more like okay. So the ones that are still able to make it and are still choosing oh. to come after some stuff has cleared up, seem to be the ones that are truly gonna pick up something from this. And if I don't get serious about mm. imparting some knowledge into them. If yeah. something else happens, and then they're the ones that are gone, they also may never decide to come wow. back. That's scary. So True. that's that's why I know Jimmy's name keeps coming up, but that's why I want to just me and Jimmy instead of trying to goof off with him as much as I maybe normally would, you know, carrying on casual conversation. I like to try to get serious. Try to get serious for a moment of time because we know how certain youth kids are. It's harder to get serious with them for a long period of times. And that's not their fault. It's just how they deal with their emotions. And you've got to take what little time you have and make sure you're backed up with prayer and in the Spirit to be able to, in those short periods of windows of opening that God gives you, be able to impart something to them that if they get lost in the next season of disease or season of whatever crazy thing that might be coming our way, they've got something to hold on to. Because mm-hmm. it was a youth camp a while back. I think it was Brother Enzi talked about how God places a stigma in inside of us. And I'm just hoping that I can put something inside during this time for one of our youth kids that 
in the future if something happens, if they're the ones that have to go, mm-hmm. they've got something to come back and hold on to. Yeah. I guess that's how it's kind of changed. I realize that it's really more serious than I first thought it out to be, I, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I heard someone on the topic of losing students. I'm part of a Facebook group called Focus Apostolic Student Pastors Network. And what they do, they said, so before COVID started, we had nine youth group members. Three of them moved on to Hyphen while during, during lockdown. And none of them are coming now. Wow. Said three of them, uh, the three of them have parents who don't care enough to take them right now. Some of them are bus kids, and their parents aren't letting them come right now. Mm-hmm. And basically, what it ended up coming down to at the very end, between parents not keeping them anymore and others just not thinking it's important anymore, there's zero. Wow. So, even if you have one left at the moment, be, be thankful. Mm-hmm. Strengthen those things that remain. And this guy said... So mm-hmm. now I'm running media. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. that's hard to transfer for a burden for young souls to put in pictures up on the screen. Yeah. We can, can relate to that, though. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know maybe, I know running media probably is it, it is than that, because you've got to care about it. for it. Yeah, you it won't, you'll, you won't do it if you but don't care still, about it. But still, Sunday school is... Uh, yeah. Look... Funny thing, I, I, there is a funny correlation, it seems, between media, media and... There is a funny yeah, correlation between I've seen, that I've seen between youth pastors and running media. Um, I, I know a few of them that do, do Sunday school slash youth pastors that also run media. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably being young. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you understand technology. Yeah. 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 But uh, we segued off of... Does anyone else have anything you want to add on how your understanding has changed since March? How many? I guess how many kids did you lose? I lost a lot. We did answer that, didn't we? Uh, I mean, I you answered. You did. Okay, you answered. I was making sure I still answered. <laughs> I didn't really lose that many. You didn't? Well, because I just, I really only had I had a pretty small class before. Did you? I I lost I think two, and uh, they came a couple times. After and then they just didn't come again. Mm-hmm. Um, two, but one of them moved to your class, mm-hmm. so I was losing her anyway. But um, and she's but not my, much though. When my what my, with what my understanding has changed about teaching hasn't really been Corona related. Well, yeah, it's just been like not. I mean, not even because of Corona. Oh, really? It's really. It feel like since I got a curriculum back, like within the last like three weeks, that I've just felt you got your vision back. Yeah. Yeah. And like I don't when I when we came back from Corona, I was really just going through the motions for a while. Yeah, I remember you talking to me about it. So you lost the most kids because you had the biggest class. Yeah. Yeah. And basically the bus route totally shut down and that was one of the biggest things there for you. Mm-hmm. You probably lost about 10 kids. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh. All because of the bus route. No, I know. And I mean, that was a part of the connection mm-hmm. for a lot of it. And But 
funny thing there, you were the one that tried to keep things going the most mm-hmm. during. So, and I saw it because I was running the video for most of those. Yeah, the I had, absolute I had frustration. A lot of fun. I was like, uh, ah. that <laughs> only like really three kids are tuning very, in the whole time. Yeah, I really did very badly about keeping stuff going, and it was because before the end of Corona, I was tired. And I was I'm trying to think of the right word. <laughs> burnout. No, I just say burnout because the word I was thinking wasn't nice. <laughs> <laughs> I was very frustrated. That is burnout. In my class, yeah. and I felt like I just needed a break. And no I <laughs> and I took too much of a break and didn't do anything with my class during mm-hmm. Corona. I mean, thank yeah. God I didn't lose more than the ones that I lost. Yeah. Because of that, but. Um, I mean, I felt a lot yeah. the same thing and wondered many times if that's the reason that we ended up down to one mm-hmm. in ours. I've dealt because with... we had five before, probably, on a regular basis. Three to five, and then we're down to one. I've dealt with, and I know this isn't from God because this feeling never is, but I've dealt with a lot of shame when it comes to my Sunday school class because I'm very bad about letting the things that they do that I know doesn't really have anything to do with me get to me too much and me just taking it too personally and letting them slip through my fingers. Mm-hmm. Did did you say that we had a question earlier? Uh, it Maddie. Was, it was uh, different, related. Maddie asked if we could I, do a study on the Holy Ghost and baptism. Oh, yes. Well, uh, That'd be we, amazing. We've done it. Um, yeah. Yeah. For one thing, uh, yes, Maddie, go look at some older episodes. But, um, She's to come. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Power, Maddie. Maddie, Power, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Uh, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, we're going to be like talking about loud. some stuff as we go. <laughs> uh, later on this season, I have some related things planned. So, um, What would you change if you could do your whole teaching career over? Just one thing. Well, I'll, I'll go first. There's the shame, Jay. To not take things personally when they don't accept my teaching. That's the one thing that I would change. To realize that it's not me and to keep putting my whole heart into it yeah. even if they don't appreciate it. Oh, wow. That is it. That's good. I told him on the way up I've been there. thinking about it for weeks, so that's why it was a good answer. <laughs> you are wise beyond your years. <laughs> don't take the credit when it goes good and don't take the credit when it goes bad. If you'll take the credit, you'll take or don't take the credit, don't take. I just I just heard someone say that. Sister Fish's podcast. Well, I also heard. I think I heard, I heard someone from, else's too. Um, or you told heard, me about but, it on somebody I think else's. One of the people from Ashland, I think Brother Blake said it. I think he did this week. It was either Brother Blake or I've one of the other people. He said. He said, if you. He said, actually, Ricky said it when we were talking about praying people through to yeah. the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And he said that, he said, if you'll take the credit, if you'll take the credit when they, if you'll take the credit when they don't get it, you'll take the credit when they do it. Yeah. Like it originated from Brother Cole. Oh, I'm sure it did. <laughs> I'm sure it did. I've heard it many times. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I guess, you know, um, if you had to do it all over again. If I had to do it all over again. <laughs> uh, what I would do is... Uh, <laughs> I 
one thing, Mama. I've been thinking about it. <laughs> it's a, it's a deep it's a deep question. I mean, it is very because you could question. go super simple. Yeah, you could just, write a whole book about that question. You could go super simple and you just say, well, <laughs> well, I would I would make sure I start my lessons on Wednesday instead of Saturday night. When in reality, a lot of times, I don't think I would have changed that. You know, I would, but I wouldn't, if that makes sense. Like, it's not the one thing that you It's not the one okay. thing that yeah. I'm worried about. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It would be on my list. If- I think what I would do is I would probably try to make it more of a spiritual thing. Well, yeah. Then I did. I made it more of okay. I'm gonna sit down. I'm gonna read this. I'm gonna get what like my. Like we talked about I'm gonna before, get, information and yeah, that knowledge. I'm gonna get what my flesh sees on the surface of this chapter, and I'm gonna write down what I want to talk and what I know about. But well, I guess what I would do is instead I would go and seek God's knowledge on that subject. So it's not just me imparting something that I know, based like we talked about how we did education and Bible teaching, I would make it less of an education atmosphere and more of a biblical teaching atmosphere where I really understand the weight of my words, if that makes sense. Yeah. I would go back and try to, I would teach myself the weight of my words and how valuable it is to speak the right things, I guess. Yeah. So... I know you're thinking very deeply here. <laughs> yeah. And I guess the good thing is we don't have to do it all over again. We still can do it starting next the Sunday. The best time... So what would you change? The maybe? best time the to plan a tree was 10 years ago. Yeah. The second best time is today. <laughs> yeah. We'll do it right now. I heard it from, I, I heard it from Brother Woodward. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've heard that. Um, Brother Woodward preached it. Second best. <laughs> prayer is big because we've got to pray about it and get God involved. And actually just make it our passion instead of just something we do. I was praying um, before we started that cultivate group and um chastity was trying to get people all excited about it and we were trying to get people to come and all that kind of stuff and it came to me don't despise the day of small things because right now all my classes are smaller than i would like them to be but when i only had gauge in my class the other day I was able to get down on the floor with him and get one-on-one with him and get him to talk to me about what we were learning about from pretending the dead bug in the floor was Nebuchadnezzar. It reminded me of Gum Street a long time ago. And it's just connecting with the kids because it seemed like when my class got so huge, it's like sometimes it was just throw them candy and try to get them to talk to me and communicate and it's really more than what we think it is sometimes and just appreciating what we have and getting God involved. I I don't know exactly what I would do different but just going forward I would just want it to be my passion and figure out that I'm not always looking for the next big thing and 
appreciate where I am now and do the best I can where I'm at. Can I answer? Sure. Uh, I think if I, I probably would have um, realized that it's not all about the moment now, but it's about the lifetime ahead. Yeah. Because so many times I get frustrated at them aggravating kids that I was teaching, especially the youth pastor, like Brittany Winters. <laughs> Crawling under a table when she's six. <laughs> and Zach Norris and <laughs> Seth Houghton. Mm. And, but now that I look at where they are and I got to realize that at that moment I'm imparting, I'm investing as Brother Graham taught that lesson to the Sun School Division, it's a layaway plan. I realized that at that moment I'm imparting just a little bit of something that's going to go a lot farther than I think that it will go. And yeah. I probably would have realized in that moment that what I am imparting, even if I don't think they're getting it, something's going in there somewhere. And you know what? A lot of it is not so much the words you're saying but the life you're living and the love you're giving. Yeah. Though well, what I was kind of thinking is there's a difference in being connected to the kids than being a connection, like a conduit, like Brother Blake talked about. Mm -hmm. How you can be connected. It's easy for me to connect with Jimmy. It's easy for me to connect with the kids in there because, you know, you they're close to my age. I can, you know, <laughs> I can talk to them about everything that's basically they're thinking about. Yeah. You know, but then there's another thing of being a conduit, being connected to God so he can go through me and what I'm saying to them. Sister Nona Freeman said she always prayed, God, don't let anything in me stop the flow of your anointing. Yeah, um, one of the things that most interested me, one story that, from, that I didn't think a thing about at the time, I was going and picking up Bobby for a service. I don't know if it was regular service or youth service or what. But at that time, uh, Bobby lived in the same trailer park as Texas did. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know what? I've not heard from him, but I'm going to go over and see if Texas is going to come today. So I went in there, knocked on the door. He's like, yeah, not tonight, man. Uh, <laughs> exactly I don't I know. It, I don't know exactly what his thing was. I don't know if it was. He didn't have a reason. That's a good guess. I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm sure that, but I don't know what he said. It was. Probably, That's what I was. I don't know if sure it was. I have to work tonight, <laughs> or or I'm just not dressed, or whatever it might have been. But I ended up saying, "Okay, man. Well, I want to see you come back soon," and gave him a hug and left. Years later, he's up testifying and saying, I realized the moment that I decided I was going to come back was Jake can come by my house, he hugged me, and said he wanted to see me come back. And he said, yeah, I'm going to have to go back soon. And I was like, and then I'm like, he said, that's the moment that this made him yeah. decide to come mm -hmm. back. I didn't think a thing about it. I remembered the moment, but to me, it was just nothing. You did want him to come back. Yeah, I wanted him to come back, but at the moment it was just like, <laughs> it was just it was just it's yeah. just something on a whim. I was like, I want to check on him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, that moment to me was just one of many times I've decided to go check on a kid and knock on their door and say, "Hey, how you doing?" And then, but something very similar on Friday, 
I think it was Friday night this week, I just decided to step out the street from the bus to just see if this one kid wants to come to church that night. And suddenly I'm surrounded by five kids and I'm, oh, these moments, Matter. you can yeah. reach out to a lot more people than you expect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was one of my biggest things to me is just realize every moment matters. Yeah. Yeah. If you're willing to speak, God will give you the the theater or the platform to mm-hmm. speak. Um, I know we kind of touched on it. This will probably be my last thing that we say because we have went. Uh, this is congratulations, probably the longest episode we've done. <laughs> um, but who is a teacher, either currently in your life or has inspired you that I want to make? I want to do like that. Dorinda Shatwell. Okay. <laughs> Never actually taught you. Huh? She she's talked it, to her probably once. <laughs> yeah, but I was watching her podcast the other day. The way that she these younger ladies she was they were doing an interview with her and just the practical life advice that she was giving. It's just like that's so needed. Now do you want me to tell you somebody close to me? Yeah, maybe something a little more personal. I'm fine with I'm fine with the not impersonal. I mean, just everyone go ahead and do something like that. Because okay. <laughs> all, all my yeah. teachers are in this room, so it would mm-hmm. feel like major kiss up bill for me to go <laughs> down that road. <laughs> Rita Krakner would be the other one. Somebody outside this room. Huh? I, I got some. Yeah. Okay. So all right. Rita Krakner. She's she's done the same thing for me. Just being able to sit and talk to her. Now I feel like I gotta say Joy Travis too because she. Was there for me day in, day out, getting me through my. She was my teacher. They both were my teacher. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it's just you you realize even though even though they're her sister, they're like Rita taught a lot to the ladies and stuff like that. Joy taught the class that I first started teaching, and I can remember her teaching about Abraham, and she just made it come alive. She also made Laura Ingalls come alive every night for a long time. And I remember crying when I figured out it's fiction. She just... She, Laura Ingalls is in fiction. When you look at the book, there's an F. I learned it when I was learning the Dewey Decimal System. The This is sad, isn't the, it, Bethany? I don't care that it's fiction, but I thought it was true. It's, it's true, but it's, true it's like you said, mishmash oh, so of her like, life. N- like like Nellie, Nellie Olson is three people combined yeah. into one. So it was a true story, but yeah, it was a lot more. Like, it was Nellie Olson was actually three different people. It was. Yeah, because like, it was... Like, it, the, imagine what she grew up in. Oh, I thought you meant my Christmas party. <laughs> 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 okay, we... <laughs> or <in> Texas. <laughs> okay, so well, what do you got? But <laughs> I will go ahead and give credit to the three teachers I've had in this room. Uh, I <laughs> I don't me. I don't care to give credit. No, you credits. taught them how to play bass and drums. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, the four teachers in this room. I don't care, <laughs> I don't care to give credit where his credits do when it comes to <laughs> my pastors and my first lady and my wife. I barely. What about your brother-in-law? Place? I say my pastors. Oh, oh, youth, that's better. Youth pastor. Well, because okay. <laughs> most definitely, I, most okay. of the knowledge, absolutely, probably 85% of the knowledge I have today, I have gleaned from them and you guys. Definitely in inspiration in many different areas, but 
Uh, you know, if I could choose to be like any teacher right now in this world and it happened, um, you know, I know that obviously it wouldn't just happen because it would require a very deep level of spiritual consecration and uh, devotion. But it would be right near at a lunch table. Yeah. There you go. Because, That's a good answer. Mm-hmm. because while he is a fire preacher and is a absolute clear empty conduit for the Lord, he is also always on it when it comes to teaching at a table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, just eating with him. And that's that's what I want to be able to do. Whatever God's sharing with me, I want to have no doubt or no fear to share with everyone else around me. And so I guess it would be uh, him. So. Bethany? Ask the question again. Okay, so a teacher that you actually have in your life that has poured something into you, and a teacher uh, that you can think of, maybe that you're less connected to, just someone that's kind of a role model. But you would like to emulate. I would. I want to be like them. You mean? Oh gosh, I don't know. Well, that's good. <laughs> you're your own person. <laughs> um, I feel like the teacher in my life who has most influenced how I want to affect people's lives is my voice teacher, Miss Patty, because I always knew. I knew 100% that she loved me, but I also knew 100% that she was not going to put up with me not being the best that I could be. Mm -hmm. And I can, I definitely would say that that's the teaching style that I have. And I don't think I knew before this moment, and I, but I do think that came from her. Mm -hmm. But as for someone like else, like less, like someone that I don't really know. I can't think of anybody. Because I feel like everyone that I listen, I mean, I can think of preachers that I think, but uh, I feel like there's got to be someone that I'm just not thinking of it. All right. <laughs> no, if, well, if it's a preacher, what would you say? Just the first one that pops in your mind that greatly affected you. Six or seven in my head. Name them all. <laughs> Go ahead. Cheat on this question. Brother White, Josh Herring. Um, That's maybe three. It's three. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, if you were like all three of those combined, that would like, be incredible. Yeah. <laughs> like someone that I'm forgetting, though. I don't know. Maybe okay. I remember. Are, are you later. thinking of a woman or a man? Or? I feel like it's a woman. And I just. Yeah, hey. The, the lady that I'm thinking of. That that who's the one? Sharon that... McKee. I knew that's what you were thinking. Oh, yeah. Yes. That'd be awesome. You ever heard her teach? Yeah. You played her before. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes, <laughs> Sharon McKee. That's who I was thinking about. You saying Kim Haney made me like go down the line of... The female. Uh, I mean, yeah. I've heard you talk about... <laughs> Sharon McKee. She is... Who, who is that lady that I was thinking about? An amazing... She was talking about? Amazing teacher. When it comes to just... I don't know who I was thinking. But, and she's like, they don't, people don't, I don't feel like people talk about her teaching either. Because, because her music is so awesome. Because her music is so amazing that people overlook it. But if you go listen to... Oh. I'm probably the only person in the room that's ever actually listened to a full one of her teaching sessions. But, um, yeah, Sharon McKee. Yeah, check out the YouTube channel. She posts some stuff and then suddenly, like, oh, this is a longer video than I thought it was. <laughs> and she does incorporate her music ministry into her teaching. From what I've heard, for sure. Yeah, I mean, honestly, guys, I, I know... She taught... The best one I ever heard was she, she was at uh, some sort of conference. I think it was a ladies' conference. And uh, 
she would tell like a story that like related to one of her songs and then she'd sing the song and then she sung three songs that like and that's like that like one. sister show yeah. strand yeah like she's that, awesome but, yeah yeah mm-hmm. um in my was, case okay. in my case the sunday school teacher that i thought i wanted to be like was blake vaughn because <laughs> and i always thought the fact that he had this like role play stories and stuff like that and that was the way that i tried doing it and i was like no one appreciates this as much as i appreciated it, it was something I realized <laughs> yeah my sunday school class told like, me not my sunday my sunday school book told me to do that on my class sunday mm-hmm. and i said it and they were like nah! yeah, they're older and i was it like i was fun. surprised it was yeah, in my yeah i used to do it all i was the time. like I, I was like i figured y'all would do that that, yeah, Frank Peretti. There's a good one. Frank Peretti was something about definitely Mr. Frank Frank Peretti. Who, whoever, it, whoever it was that decided to create Adventures in Odyssey. <laughs> Paul McCusker. Yeah, he was th- those guys. Then all all those Christian radio programs. Absolutely Stories awesome. People. Uncle Charlie. Great Christian. Uh, <laughs> but D. L. Moody. <laughs> I mean, T.L. Moody was the founder of Sunday School, of yeah. course. <laughs> but, um, who I was thinking. But honestly, wait, 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 on wait, the vein the of musicians that people don't think of Britney as Scott. teachers, uh, say? Court Chavis. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. He oh, yes. does some yes. excellent yes. teaching. Um, Mark Brown uh, is not a musician, but excellent teacher. Why is it matter musician? I'm, I'm saying I went off of the vein of oh, people that don't okay. realize. Uh, but yes, Court Chavis is absolutely amazing. Raymond Woodward. Raymond Woodward yes. is the yeah. the guy absolutely. that you think of when you think of apostolic teaching. That yeah, I, I thought mm-hmm. of Harrelson. Yeah, really incredible when it comes to teaching. Yes. Bobby Kilman is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there's plenty of great there apostolic teachers. There's Vicky great Oliver. ones, but yeah, she's she's good too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, she was the one, she was actually one of the first people that I heard say to me, God has called you to preach. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. Because I'm <laughs> oh, like <yes> 12. Because <laughs> I'm like 12 at the time, and I'm or 11, something like that, and just like, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but it, it took another good four or five years there. So Don't crouch. Uh, but like, as far as people um, that I've had, I mean... Of course, my mother <laughs> uh, was pretty pretty great, uh, and Aunt Rita, Rita. once again mm-hmm. was awesome in the way that they did things. But as far as like Sister Edna Freese, one thing that comes to my mind. I don't know if you guys even remember it. After we started the church, she kept sending postcards almost every week for nearly a year and to me i don't know how much it impacted you all but it impacted me that she cared that much it didn't impact me but i do remember it yeah i think about it i enjoy getting it in the mail Mm -hmm. yeah so that is there's plenty of stuff but i'm just gonna wrap this up here because there are great people's impacted lives uh and i asked the question last week about the pastors having pastors and we mentioned the teachers having teachers. And I'm probably going to ask next week to our evangelist, who's an evangelist in your life. Because all of these roles are important. Oh, that's yes, week? that's next week. We have 
uh, great evangelist coming on next week. And you gotta I, get back in contact with him. Make sure you're still hopefully, on board. Hopefully, hopefully. Don't say his name yet. I'm not going to say his name. No, <laughs> I wish. Hey, I don't hey, know that he, I don't no, think no. he takes a back seat to him. No, that's true. That's no, really it's true. Well. Yeah, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I would just love to meet Josh Herring. He's like on my, on my, I want to meet preacher list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so, so but on our on our list here, uh, the one last thing I want to say is just, do you have a last word for us, Sister Cheryl? <laughs> I love y'all. <laughs> so spiritual. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. you gotta love. That's right. That's we, it. We gotta love. We gotta love those that we are teaching. It's all about love. So, no, it it's all about love. And, and it's what Jacob says all the time. This life is not about this life. What Daniel was talking about, about the little way plan. It's something we do need to remember. All right. So would you be willing to close us out in prayer? Okay. I don't feel like I'm the guest, but anyway. You, you are the you guest. You are the guest. I am the guest. Okay. <laughs> you are. I mean, usually, I mean, usually you're inputting as much to the podcast as you have today anyway. Just by Just typing, by yeah. typing into the comments section. Okay. <laughs> Last week was probably, was the first time you didn't because it wasn't. Yeah. Because we were on our Facebook media fast. Unless, of course, you were the one that was constantly commenting as Harvest House. She was. It was. Yeah, so. She was. Okay. Uh, I just didn't notice it last week because we were on Zoom. We didn't see the we were chat in last, Zoom. last week. All right. Okay. Dear Jesus, I love you. I thank you for everything. I thank you for my wonderful kids. And I thank you for the opportunity to teach all the kids and all of the adults and everybody that you've given me the opportunity to teach over the years. I thank you for loving me, and I thank you for loving all those that I love. And I ask you to keep that which I've committed to you against that day. I ask you to bless everybody that might hear this and might watch this or who has watched this. In your name we pray. Love you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Look forward to seeing you guys next week talking about evangelists. Praise the Lord. See you guys.